Tell your friends, the Mark and Max Show is back and better than ever. Oh, yeah! liferadio.fm it is the mark and mag show and it is a pleasure to be here how you feeling this morning marky mark so far so good thanks for how's asking. the funky bunch <laughs> uh, they have a winnebago they live out on the street <laughs> well there you go <laughs> you know what's so funny about that is marky mark Wahlberg when he came out with you know good vibrations in the early what was it 90 91 somewhere in there you got me and it was a big hit but he was, at the time, he was just known as Donnie Wahlberg from New Kids on the Block. Donnie's little brother, who wasn't good enough to be in New Kids on the Block. <laughs> yeah. And But by the time Marky Mark had come out, New Kids, they had they had already gone past their you know teeny bopper peak. Right. So you go fast forward all these years later, and Marky Mark took that brief moment of you know pop music stardom yeah. and became an actor. And got some decent roles. Of course, he's a very good actor. But right. anyway, he becomes this huge, huge movie star. Hmm. While Donnie, who was the much bigger star at the time back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. Hey, granted, he does have a TV. I think he's on Blue Bloods. Yes, you know, he's he got is. an acting yeah. career. Yeah, he's on Blue Bloods. Yeah. But between the two of them, Marky Mark, much bigger, I yeah. would think. Yeah, it's that. just kind of funny how those things work out. And I've never watched Blue Bloods. One you? of the other brothers started a hamburger chain. Oh, okay. I well, thought it was Donnie, actually. No, I, it might have been Donnie. Wahlburgers. Yeah. That's a cool thing. You tried to get me to watch that, and I'm like, I need to. That just sounds like a cool show. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if it's around anymore, to be honest huh. with you. Well, I know Blue Bloods is, though, and yeah. uh, he's on that every week. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. Well, it's interesting how the how celebrities, when they, you know, young guys like the Wahlbergs, you know, they, they go through really weird peaks. I mean, can yeah. you imagine what it'd be like to be 18, 19, 20 years old and hit superstardom? Yes. You know? Yes. That. That's just got to be hard, man. Yeah. And, and where do you go from there? You know, you rehab. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Life radio dot FM. Ye old Mark and Mac show. Haven't thrown that in there. In a while. <laughs> so old. you, uh, <laughs> so you broke bad on the mower yesterday, man. Is that no, what we're no, talking no, about? no, no, it was, no, okay. it was Sunday. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm lost on days. You no, know, that was part of the day that wore oh. me out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Hey man, you know, tomorrow's a holiday. Oh, thank God. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I tell one you, this, it's just one of those, it's just, and normally that would not have been a big deal. It really right. Sunday wouldn't have been a big deal, but it was, yeah. it was, uh, because we're still not, you know, we're still not really yeah. recovered. You feel so much better, but no, you're not there, you know? Yeah. And so you feel a lot better and you get up, you, as I like to say, you get froggy and jump and you're not going as far as you thought you were. There you go. <laughs> Just go back and sit down. It's like, uh, yep. you know, you get to a point where you're on, oh, I'm not, this recliner's just not as comfortable as the couches today. So I think I'm moseying over there, you know? Uh, but it means I got to get up. No. Right. Well, that's the thing. I'm, I'm really thirsty. I really need to go to the bathroom. I haven't eaten since yesterday. I'm not going to, you know? Uh, well, Mark, there is a, there's a new study out yeah. that actually, uh, I thought it was about my car and it's not, it's about something that you know well we it, were talking about hannah's car pro troubles beforehand yeah and i'm thinking <laughs> it was a <Yeah>. gas problem <laughs> right <laughs> usually don't have that kind of problem unless dad's with you but here we go right well a study is saying if you're depressed the best thing you can do is just let it out and we're not talking about just your oh. feelings or your fears oh, come on yeah now, really a new study has found a link between mental illness and excessive gassiness uh, flatulence so, yes flatulence it's no so, wonder cows look so happy you know they're so they don't worry about it Just no let's go yeah scientists with the research institute of the rome foundation in raleigh north carolina surveyed six thousand people across the united states the uk and mexico about their gassiness bloating stomach distension and bad breath as well as their mental health the results showed that those who admitted to Passing gas most often also reported lower quality of life and higher levels of stress and depression. 
Mm-hmm. Gee, you think it's because they've run all their friends off? Is right. That possibly why? <laughs> Quote, wow. they, uh, meaning Belch's, you know, right. et cetera, <laughs> yes, clearly have a negative effect on people's physical and emotional well-being. So it says, was me. <laughs> so says the lead author of the study. What the study doesn't reveal, however, is if there's a, ca- a causal relationship between gas passing and depression, meaning does depression cause more gastrointestinal distress? Or does gastrointestinal distress make a person more depressed? Hmm. All we know for sure is if you're depressed and full of hot air, you're not alone. Well, dude, they were asking about gassiness, bloating, stomach distension, and bad breath. So what we've got here, (laughs) we got somebody that's trying to hold it in. Their their stomach hurts from having to hold it in. Uh They got a little bloat action going on. So they're, they're unhappy about how they feel. Yes. They're unhappy about the way they look. Right. And they're very uncomfortable trying to find a place. Can I just skedaddle over here? You know, where <laughs> and get away from little, everybody <laughs> or just do a little crop dusting over there on that side of the restaurant. You know, it's like, so they're stressing. Yeah, I got it, man. Uh, that, yeah. You know, you get, you got bad breath and bad everything else. Everything coming <laughs> wow. out of you is bad. Yeah. That's going to be depressive. I got you. Well, this reminds me of one time, uh, Jane and Joe and I, when Joe was a little guy, we went for Mexican run one night. And after leaving the restaurant, we're walking down the sidewalk, going back towards the car, and and, and there's nobody out there. And I'm just like, I, I do the side to side and think the, they're they're both a few steps behind me. And I think I'm just going to let it fly <laughs> because Jane will be mortified and Joe will laugh out, you know, laugh like crazy, right? right? Because yeah. he's a little boy, right? So I just let it fly. Wow! And as soon as I do, this guy steps out behind from one, one of the one of the oh, columns. Man. <laughs> and he says well better out than in yeah there you go that's where you're supposed to turn around and go jane please stop <laughs> baby i love you but oh come on you ain't mexican i know i was there i saw you but that's just wrong baby <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mag show cruising along and having some fun because well it's fall break for many kids throughout the great state of alabama but not not all you know yeah um yeah we talk about we are in alabama and one of the things that that really is interesting and i don't know how this works with every other school system mark but we have we don't have like the state of alabama out on fall break this week you know uh within the public school system because within a public school system, you have the county. And in some cases, you'll have cities within the county that have their own school system. Yeah. You know, they have voted to pull away and right. have their own. Yeah. And you could, so you could have like, I'll, I'll use Calhoun County, Alabama as an example. Okay. You've got the Calhoun County school system. Then you have the Oxford city school system, the Aniston city school system, the Jacksonville city school system, and the Piedmont city school system. Hmm. All and they all have different schedules. So you've got your kids are out this week. Somebody who lives, you know, they're one of their best friends from church. They're out next week. Yeah. You know, it's it's really funny because I remember as a kid growing up when you were at church or whatever with your friends and they, you know, you talk about what you were going to do when you were out of school. Right. Well, yeah. now it's like you try to make a plan <laughs> like that and your kids are out, but theirs aren't, you know, <laughs> very it's true. Yeah. Funny how that is. Yeah. But I anyway, remember we well, called it AEA week when I was a kid, right? The Alabama Education Association, because all of the schools were out at the same time. Yeah. Right. Yep. Not now. Nope. <laughs> not anymore. Wow. Yeah. All right. So, Mark, when we see stories that uh, like we had just a minute ago about, you know, people being depressed about having yeah, gas and yeah. bad breath and everything else. Right, yeah. I oftentimes know that my mother would be so offended by what we have said. And I mean that not in the negative uh, religious tone offended, just she would be uh, upset that her son was talking about such things, mm, you know, yeah. because I wasn't raised to be able to do that. And, oh, yeah. and you, I was not allowed to use the word stupid. Yes. Uh, dumb gotcha. dumb could not be used in most instances right yeah but you could not say the f word talking mm-hmm. about gas right um you know there were just certain did you have those kind of um rules when you were growing up mm, i i think that i think stupid was one of those words that we weren't supposed yeah. to use and there were other things i remember um i remember one time i was in the hospital for something and my mom was there we we're watching tv and some guy on some show said some word my mom says i don't ever want to hear you say that word right <laughs> wow <laughs> so yeah there thinking. were certain things yeah. yeah 
Well, that's what I was thinking the whole time we we're doing that break. All I was thinking is, you know what? It, my mother-in-law mm-hmm. also had pretty much the same rules, you know, and but she did like to use the word idiot, you know, but not not about anybody in the family. Just if you're driving down the road and somebody would cut in front of you, that idiot. And it was so funny because when Hannah was little, she mm-hmm. couldn't say idiot, mm-hmm. and so it she would say eat it, okay, like <laughs> like Edith. Without right. the age. Right, yeah. And <laughs> That's funny. What was, yeah, but, you know, the thing is, is that because Mimi used it as a negative exclamation about somebody doing something she didn't like, right. that idiot, Hannah, and Hannah just, you know, she loved her Mimi so much that she would copy that. Right. And so whenever somebody did something she didn't like, eat it, eat it. And <laughs> I thought she was saying, eat it, you know, oh, like, no. you know, like Weird Al Yankovic, eat it, eat it. <laughs> right. And yeah. one day, Haley had done something and hannah was chasing her around the house saying you eat it you eat it i'm like what in the world to this day it still messes with me whenever i think about that yeah (laughs) and it's thing i the thing is i think i get blamed for that you know Mm, it's like all my kids are in therapy and i get blamed for everything you know radio.fm it is the uh, soundtrack for your life playing all day long and we just appreciate you joining us hacks we do ask that you share it with somebody just post it up on social media you know say listening to the mark and mac show or listening to life radio and you know you'll be doing your friends a favor and yeah. just a solid at the same time Yay. meanwhile police in vermont getting busy you yeah, know yeah uh, the guy in vermont sent multiple police multiple police departments on an extensive pursuit it involved robberies and car crashes. This is the stuff out of a TV show or a movie or something. Police say the events started to unfold around 6.45 p.m. Sunday when they received a report that a man, later identified as Ben Webb, he's 38, of Middlebury in Vermont, was driving a green Jeep Cherokee erratically on Vermont, uh, Vermont Route 15 in Essex, approaching, approaching Colchester. Along the way, Webb pulled alongside another vehicle and demanded a debit card from the driver. Yeah. Webb reportedly pointed a crossbow at the 22-year-old Essex man wow. b- before fleeing when the victim pulled away. A crossbow. Wow. Meanwhile, wow. officers got a report of a robbery at a nearby Cumberland Farms on Vermont Route 15. Then at about 6.50 p.m., Winooski police reported that a green Jeep was involved in a crash on Vermont uh, Route 15 in Winooski. At about 7.15 p.m., Colchester police learned Webb was driving erratically on Vermont Route 7 with a tire missing. Witnesses followed, <laughs> wow. witnesses followed the SUV trying to stop Webb until he pointed the crossbow at them. Webb finally dropped the weapon when an officer arrived on the scene and drew his gun. <laughs> you don't bring wow. a you don't bring a crossbow to a gunfight apparently wow that's when webb hopped back into the jeep struck a mailbox and then hit two police cruisers as he fled the Yikes. chase continued into essex where webb drove directly into an essex police cruiser causing extensive damage two police uh two officers were seen at the uh, the medical center there for minor injuries wow. Uh, Webb was taken into custody and transported to the hospital for treatment. And the police say he stole the Jeep from his brother in oh. Middlebury. <laughs> See, I thought he stole the Jeep, so I didn't care what happened to it. He stole it. Maybe he's mad at his brother. Maybe I don't know. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, he faces multiple aggravated assault charges and two robbery charges pending further charges. Well, yeah, because you know what the further charges are going to be? How many attempted murder charges can we get? Because every time <laughs> he right, aimed that yeah. vehicle at a cop, you know, I mean. This guy is going bye-bye, man. Mm-hmm. But the crossbow. I mean, how do you, you're, you're looking over all your stuff and you're going, I got a pistol, I got a shotgun, I got a knife, I got a ooh, Chinese throwing star. Nope, it's the crossbow. LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Max show and a pleasure to be here mainly because we're breathing, breathing. It beats yeah. the alternative. Yeah. Hey, man, we woke up. Yay. Yeah. So, you know, Mark, one of the things that over the years I've been fascinated with, and it actually goes back to something you told me many years ago, Uh-oh. and it was about counterfeit bills. Oh, yeah. And how, how, bank, how people in banks are taught to recognize uh, counterfeit bill because we were talking about the study of other religions and right, and yeah. other things 
And you had such a great explanation for it uh, that it has stuck with me. And now I pay attention to those things so much yeah. greater. It's, it's actually really simple. At a bank, they don't teach them to recognize counterfeit bills. They teach them to recognize real money. They teach them what it looks like. Uh, they teach them the, what to look for in it. They teach them how it's supposed to feel. You get accustomed to handling real money. So as soon as you touch a fake piece of money, you know it's fake. So you know a counterfeit because you're very familiar with the real deal. And that applies to your faith because if you get to know, if you the, the, the closer your relationship is with God, the better you know Jesus, the more obvious what is not true will be to you. You'll, you Once you know the truth, yeah. everything else is obviously not. And see, that has stayed with me yeah. because it is such a great example. Because you know, there's many, many times, I mean... When you start looking at other um, other religions and other facets of religion yeah. and different, you know, uh, when a pastor says something, and, you know, it happens, okay? You're in a church, and, and it's been going fine, and, you know, you enjoy the camaraderie, the fellowship, and all mm-hmm. that, and all of a sudden, you've got a pastor that's kind of going a little left of center, you know, and <laughs> or a little right of center, depending, I mean, I don't any and right all, yeah you know, that just doesn't quite sound right you know yeah, uh, and it's like well if you know what you believe and you know what the word says you can't be led astray by somebody saying in the book of david it says <laughs> you know and anyway that's why that stayed with me you know because it, it was yeah. just it was at the time i was really doing a study on because we were dealing with islam and so many other oh, different yeah. things and and anyway, it, it really gets into a lack of confusion when you actually do just study the genuine article. Yep. And so anyway, now whenever I see a counterfeit bill story, it just ding, you know. Yeah, yeah. The, In uh, Washington State, a grocery store fell victim to a, a man using a counterfeit $100 bill last week. The, at a Fall City grocery store, a store clerk said a man used a $100 bill to make a $32.03 purchase buying gas cigarettes and laffy taffy well laffy taffy well, holy moly I'm gotta telling, have that yeah he got back 67 dollars 97 cents in change and yeah. later on closer examination the bill says on the front oh. it says on the front for motion picture copy money across oh, no and motion picture use only on the back wow. according to the secret service prop money has become the most commonly used counterfeit money today oh Really? Yeah. And the sheriff's office d- encouraged wow. you to double check large denomination bills before you accept them. Dude, you try to use a bill at the little Dixie Martin. They're bringing out that yellow pen. You know? I, know. I mean, come on. I yeah. thought you're going to look at it and it says motion picture money. And that uh, that's yeah. not a tip. It I says mean, it says for motion picture copy money. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> it says I, it on the front. <laughs> you know, I was at a, a Dollar General and it was one of those times where I, I'm, I was sitting, getting ready to pull out, you know, and I was kind of blocked in. So I was waiting for him and I see a guy go in the store and within a very, very short period of time, he comes right back out. And I thought, well, that was odd. And it was odd enough that it made me get out of my car to go make sure that the person inside the store was okay. You know, yeah, yeah. it just, cause the guy looked just something not right. And I go in and say, Hey, is everything okay? You know, cause I didn't know. And, uh, the woman said, uh, yeah, the guy had a, a fake hundred dollar bill and um and he was trying to use it and i'm like wait a minute as i'm watching the guy pull out of the driveway of the parking lot fairly fast i'm like wait you didn't stop him you didn't hold the money you didn't call the, you just let him leave yeah anyway i left before it got crazy but because i thought this is not going to work out well for me you know i'm wow. pointing out yeah. what seems to be obvious but the thing that got me was the guy goes in tries to use fake money and they say no and he just leaves if it was me, okay, and I had a hundred dollar bill, and the store says no, that's fake money. Yeah, I'm calling the police. Yes, you know? yes, exactly. I mean, it's like to say, please, I've got this. I'm I'm here with the. You know, I would explain the whole thing. This money's supposedly fake, and here's where I got it. I right. mean, yeah. it wouldn't be. I'm for real. That would I would not just leave. No, and I mean that's well, kind of a sign, you know. Yes, here's your sign. <laughs> that guy right. knew it was fake. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting that you have all these uh, fake money scams because of printers and things like that, you know, yeah. that do some incredible stuff. Oh, now. yeah. It's amazing what you can but, do today. But <laughs> for motion picture, copy yeah. money. I mean, it says it's fake money on the front and the back, and they still <laughs> took it. Here's your sign. Yep. 
liferadio.fm, The Mark and Max Show. And this is Life Radio, where you've got the soundtrack for your life all day long. Great positive music. And the reason I feel compelled to say that is because yeah. we've got some really crazy stories this morning. And if you're a first-time listener going, what are, what are these guys doing? What Who are am they? I listening to? The <laughs> British engineer takes world's fastest lawnmower, you know? The world... Yeah. I Mark, I was involved at a country music station where I'm not kidding. I it was right after I'd gotten to Alabama and near the Talladega Super Speedway and we actually did a lawnmower contest, a race. Yes. Now what we did is bring your lawnmower, your riding lawnmower, and you did have to take the blades off, okay? Yeah, yeah. But you know, there are those who would get on their mower and just go around the track and race, and there are others who race i mean dude we're talking that guy from the dukes of hazard cooter you know coming out and it's like he's got his pit crew and oh, it's yeah. just oh my goodness it was crazy that yep. and it was like okay dudes up up for grabs is uh two large pizzas and a watermelon and uh <laughs> you've spent a thousand dollars modifying your riding lawnmower that right. now can't mow a yard you know but anyway i digress well a, a british man broke a guinness world record Here's our first Guinness story mm-hmm. of the day. Yeah. When he built a riding lawnmower that reaches a speed of 143.19 miles per hour. Wow. That's a fast mower. Tony Edwards, he's a mechanical engineer from St. Martin's, Shropshire, England, said he became interested in building the world's fastest lawnmower about two years ago. He said, I know that a guy from the UK had the record at one point at 96 miles per hour. I think Honda had it at 116, and a team from Norway did it at 132 miles per hour, and I thought I'd give it a shot. Well, (laughs) Edwards said he built the lawnmower from scratch, enlisting the help of a welding expert to help with some of the chassis work. The lawnmower is powered by a 1,300cc motor from a Suzuki motorcycle. (laughs) <laughs> Edwards said Guinness also stipulated that the lawnmower had to actually be able to cut grass. Well, that would be the point, right? <laughs> well, in lawnmower racing, they do they don't have mower yeah. decks on them. And then there yeah. is lawnmower racing. So I he said I had to send videos to Guinness to prove that it was a lawnmower. <laughs> uh his lawnmower reached a speed of 143.193 miles per hour when he took it for a spin at Elvington Airfield in York, England. <laughs> he says he believes the lawnmower can go faster, but it becomes more dangerous because the front wheels leave the ground, <laughs> making, wow. it, making it hard to steer. <laughs> you know, when Bill Elliott set the track record at the Talladega Super Speedway at like whatever, 208 miles an hour or whatever, yeah, yeah. he was asked right after it, he, they said, do you think anybody can go faster than that? He said, yes. He said, the problem is getting somebody to drive it, you know? <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Max show. Crazy stuff happening all around the world right now, Mark. Yeah. You know, I'm not a, uh, I'm not one of these uh, folks who spends a lot of time with, uh, you know, the end times prophecy stuff. Hmm. Yeah, it's it was fascinating back in the day. I it would catch up with a lot of that and and do a lot of studying. And yeah. finally, got to the point. It was like you know what? I bet every generation has had moments, you know, where they looked at it and went, "Wow, this is biblical end time stuff." You know, yeah, yeah. Like think about what it would have been like during the Great Depression. You know, from the uh, the collapse of the stock market and economies around the world from 1929 to 1931. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. and then the recovery process and just the dust bowl and all the things just in the United States. I mean, it was Mm. bad around the world, but just in the U S and then, you know, by the late thirties and things aren't getting a whole lot better. And then here comes, you know, world war two. And I, I just have to think that during that generation, there were plenty of preachers, you know, showing how this fits the end times prophecy. And it's like, it really doesn't do you a whole lot of good. You know, it's like focus on today, you know? Yeah. It's just, who do you know? You know, do you know Jesus? Okay. Let's start there. I think the thing about that is it's fascinating to us, but but for people who don't know Jesus, it's just oh. a bunch of fluff, you know? Yeah. So isn't our purpose here to introduce people to Jesus? Well, well you'd better do that by introducing them to something they'll be interested in rather than, you know, what, what you know, the, the things, those little things that would not, in, will not interest them unless they're part of the family. Oh, yeah. You know? 
Very good point. Very good point. Because yeah. you and I could talk about things in the minutia of it oh, all, yeah. you know, like yeah. you know, Balaam's monkey instead of donkey, <laughs> you know, because that really got me for a while. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yeah, just had one of those mental blocks, man. Here's Balaam. Oh, we get we get focused on things as Christians. We get focused on things, and we will dedicate huge portions of our lives to things that people who are not believers will d- have no idea. They're just like that guy's nuts. <laughs> yeah, but it's because they don't have the same ref- frame of reference we do. And, and all we're doing is helping to reinforce their belief that Christians are crazy people. Right. Right. When, when Jesus didn't do that, (laughs) so Jesus, what did Jesus do? You know, it's not what would Mm -hmm. Jesus do is what did, well, he didn't do that. He related to people in a way they could understand. And he, he did things that religious people went, oh, how were you? The, yeah, what, I was going to say, you know, you know? the Pharisees were over there doing the minutia, you yes, know, to right. make themselves feel better. You yeah. know? And, and he's, he's saying, just, he's saying, ah, these guys are whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bones. <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> you know, you oh, don't, no. don't do like those guys. I mean, <laughs> you're breaking out the Don't operation. follow their example. Come right. on. <laughs> oh, wow. That, and that's where, you know, it's so often, you know, that we do, Look, there is a comfort zone in being in the box. Yeah, there is. There is. There is a comfort zone sitting in the same spot for church every Sunday. There is mm. a comfort to just associating with people who are like-minded. There right. is a comfort to not watching the news, not being informed, and just watching, you know, programs and things that make us feel mm. better. Yeah. But about, you know, who we are and, right. and not concern ourselves with the rest of the world. But the problem is... We live in a world that is lost, dying, and going to a devil's hell, and we are supposed to be able to, you know, help with that. Mm-hmm. You know? It's yeah. like, you know, and it's not by carrying the biggest Bible and quoting the most King James <laughs> version of the uh, oh, Bible. It's, yeah. it's to actually being relatable and showing people through your actions, you know, what you do. And uh, that, you know, Mark Congleton. <laughs> they're going through the same stuff i am but he's not freaking yeah. out he's yeah. kind of peaceful and he's still having joy in it. what i want that mm-hmm. i i want what you have you right, know yeah even if you're not peaceful and full because we're not always you know uh, oh, yeah. our, you know there, there are times that christians literally have their little times of freak out oh what's happening oh, yeah. we, you know and but the thing is that we have it from a perspective that reassures us that in the end it's going to be okay. We just don't see the end right now. And sometimes that's tough. That's really tough. Um, it's, it's like when the both of us and our families, we both just recently went through COVID. All of this stuff hits you right at the front. You yeah. think about all the news you've heard and seen. You, th- you think of all of the fright, the fear, the, all of the stuff that's been fanned. Uh, the flames are getting higher and higher. People scared to death, convinced that if you get it, you're going to wind up in the hospital. You're probably going to die. And, right. and the thing is that when you know the truth, you know that's not going to happen. Right. You just know right now it's going to be kind of tough. Right. And that was the perspective that Jane and I had. And I know that you had with your family. Mm-hmm. This is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we got COVID. It's going to be tough. We know what to do. We'll take the proper measures. We'll do the right things, but it's going to be okay in the end because, well, we've got better than a 98% chance of being okay. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and we can look at things from a Christian perspective, going through tough times, you lose your job. You can't pay your bills. You know, they're coming for the car, that kind of thing. You know, we're going through a rough patch, but it's going to be okay because because I know how this all ends. I know how it works out. And God is going to take care of us through this. And on the other side of it, we're going to be a whole lot better off than we are right now. LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Max show where we do follow along with this stuff all day long about what's happening in and around the world. And you know, we've got Southeast Airlines mm-hmm. dealing with their COVID mandate causing, you know, many of their employees to now be former employees and they're canceling, yeah. dude, they're canceling all these flights saying, oh, it's a, uh, it's a weather related issue or whatever. Oh they're yeah. Traffic control. Not, well, they blame it on traffic control and weather yeah. issues. Yeah. And then you go look at all the other airlines and while yeah. they, uh, Southeast canceled like 2000 flights, American mm-hmm. cancels what? 63, you know? Right. 
<laughs> and you're, but you're they're thinking, all going to the same places. <laughs> yeah, don't they realize that you know the internet works? You yeah, know, and yeah. uh, people talk. It's like we're not in the Stone Age where you're having to use a, a guy on a horse to bring you the message. You know, it's, <laughs> exactly. We we know what's going on. Yeah. But anyway, an it's Ohio weird. dad yeah. is using uh, a limousine mm-hmm. because they've got a school bus shortage. Yeah, they're having some driver shortages in Ohio, and this Ohio dad. Uh, his his kids have missed a day of school because of this bus driver shortage. So he decided to help out a neighborhood, uh, the kids in a neighborhood, get to and from school, and he did it by using a limo. Sean Rogers Jr. of Columbus said his kids missed school Friday when their bus never showed up to take them to Graham Elementary and Middle School. So he posted on Facebook to see if any other local parents wanted their kids driven to school in a limousine borrowed from his father's limo service. Rogers said he soon received dozens of responses that led to his giving 25 kids a ride to school on Monday. And then on Tuesday, that number jumped to 42. He says everybody always wants to say, let's help the community. Let's stop this violence, that type of stuff. But I feel like a big step of stopping the violence is getting kids to school instead of letting them skip school and go out and get into trouble. Hmm. Bus driver shortages have been reported across Ohio, and Columbus City Schools Superintendent Talisa Dixon said at a Tuesday board meeting that 15 percent, 15 to 20 percent of the district's drivers called out nearly every day the prior week. She wow. said the district is looking into alternative transportation options. Quote, our team is also advocating at the state level for measures that would enable us to provide improved transportation services. This includes the use of vans and additional certification opportunities for trainees. Dude, there's got to be more to that story, you know? Yeah. I mean, 15 to 20 percent of the district's drivers calling yeah. out in one week. I, mean, I, I would be willing to bet that what happened was that they mandated vaccinations and mm-hmm. those guys said, nope. You're not right. going to force me to, to get vaccinated. You know, yeah. That's my choice. Not yeah, yours. We'll have to look into that. But yeah. I think that is something that is happening. I, I find it interesting how many times politicians are pushing for something for elementary school students who yeah. have nearly 0% chance of, you know, uh-huh. having a problem with COVID. Yeah. And then when we see a picture of the same politician with no mask on in front of a huge crowd, you know, right. Or his daughter keep- or his daughter in the same age group isn't vaccinated. Right. Mm hmm unbelievable what's happening but you know what at some point at some point i pray that there will be an awakening when and i i hope that it will be soon you know that people will realize we've been had man this is not right i think it's happening i'm hoping Mm -hmm. all right mark and mac mornings only on life radio.fm radio.fm the mark and mac show <laughs> mark just what? will text me a picture of something you know we're sitting here doing the show and i'll look over there and go what is this it's a picture of a cat that <laughs> it's obviously not happy with something it just happened yeah he's pretty surprised you know i get hung up and i know i i know i'm not the only person that this happens to i'll be looking for something specifically online you know and yeah. it'll take me to i'm looking for a video or something and i end up on youtube next thing you know i'm watching fat cats go into the bathroom you know it's weird <laughs> so, isn't it? and i find stuff all the time that's where that came from i'm just i'll stumble across yeah. something and go oh that's awesome and i'll clip it and drop it on the on my desktop <laughs> but it what gets me though is there are people who do and i'm not knocking anyone who does this because i know that there are plenty of people who make money you know on youtube doing videos yeah. but having edited video in my life and yeah. done a lot of work it's like i know the work that goes into producing these things right. you know yeah and even though you you sit there and you look at it and go wow that's that's just not even funny that's <laughs> you know and yet you're sitting there watching it yeah. and it's like <laughs> All I can think of is the amount of time and planning and everything that went into making this really bad video. Yeah. And you're looking at it going, but they're making a living doing this. Yeah. And it, it just, it, again, I know the work that goes into it just as you do. And it's like, this project had to take two or three days uh-huh. for this video. And you're like, wow, man. I watch these guys who do a video a day. They're these, yeah. uh, they, there are a lot of people who, after Casey Neistat started doing yeah. that, you know, there are a lot of people who do a daily vlog video and there's some of them. I mean, they, they shoot on the fly. Some of them have, they understand storytelling. Yeah. You know, they understand how to make the pieces yeah. come together and they, and they're compelling others shoot on their phone on the fly mm-hmm. and they do, there's, there's no editing. 
to speak yeah. of. There's no. We're taking out the trash today yeah, using our skateboard. Well, things like that. It, it, things like that. But then sometimes I I can't tell you how many of them I watch where I'm sitting there watching and I'm actually out loud. I'm saying, come on, focus your camera. <laughs> because they'll point their camera whatever they're using for a camera they pointed at something and uh usually it's one of these uh one of these little handheld uh canon cameras that has autofocus built in and a little screen that flips out so they can flip it around and they can point it at themselves and they can see to make sure they're in the frame and all that other stuff so they've got their own viewfinder on the side and the thing is they focus kind of slow so they'll point it at something and say, oh, wow, look at that. I can't believe that. And by the time he's through talking about it, it's gone and it was never in focus. Right. <laughs> but he's so excited about it. <laughs> he never noticed it wasn't in focus, but he left it in the video. Right. There you go. <laughs> you know, one thing that got me and it's something that I didn't know existed until Braylon. OK. And it was uh, YouTube videos for children. Oh, yeah. That are not necessarily educational. And. It's like if you were telling a story to a four or a five year old, you know, about the uh, the hackers and uh, the, uh, you know, good, the hackers are the bad guys. And right. These are the good guys anyway. And it, just making up stuff, you know, um, that I would tell to Braylon and they make a video of it and they've got a whole team of people working on it. And they have this just. All I can do is sit there and think, OK, I got it that you're making a lot of money, you know, and all that for mm -hmm. doing these things and good for you. Yeah, but. We don't, I don't want my child watching, you know, I yeah, got, yeah. this isn't where we want to be. Well, when we were at the beach that, cause there's these spy ninjas, it's a whole oh, thing. Yeah. The spy okay. ninjas. Yeah. And they've gotten big enough that they actually have stuff for sale in target now. Okay. Wow. But while we were at the beach, we were walking, uh, uh down, you know, front beach road or whatever. And there's a, a restaurant that had an outdoor area and people were sitting in the outdoor area. And as we walked by, there was a kid about Braylon's age that was watching a YouTube video mm. and it was the spy ninjas and there was a brief moment of camaraderie. Okay. <laughs> because, Hey, we watched that too. I know that episode, that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh my goodness, Mark. And all I could think of, because, you know, being in the business, you're like, okay, I need to do this, you know? But it's like LaDonna was like, you know, Braylon is funny and he's all this and we could have a lot of fun. Why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you and Mark doing this? Mm -hmm. And I'm not kidding. I actually, I, I sat there and I was like, well, okay, just to do this eight minute long video, that's mm. really bad. Do you realize the work that would go into that? And I told her, I'm like, I, I could make one that bad that quick, you know, but yeah. I wouldn't want my name on. I wouldn't, you know, mm. and she goes, yeah, but people don't care. And it's like, I remember a conversation I had with a boss one time and you know who I'm talking about. And there was this really bad commercial and we were trying to make the whole station sound better. And we were. <laughs> analyzing every little thing you know and i started analyzing because commercials are a big part of what you do and it's like yeah this one is just really bad we need to redo this and uh it needs to be freshened up anyway blah 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 i don't want to hurt anybody's feelings but this is really bad right and i'm not kidding the boss says yeah i know i agree it's really bad but it works oh I'm yeah like, yeah yeah, but but it's really bad, and ninety percent of the people that hear it are going to tune out and go to a different station. You know, yeah, they're going to yeah. go to our competitor, right? And it's like, but yeah, you're right, but but it works. I'm like maybe a better commercial would work better. Yeah, yeah. but that one works. But that one's horrible. <laughs> and it, you know, oh my gosh, that same. It's just yeah. that's what that's what these YouTube videos are like. They're yeah. so bad, but they work. Yeah, and they're like, but I can't do that. I just right. could not make right. myself do it. Yeah, and, and uh, that's and that's the thing is it doesn't appeal to you, but it's and I I I completely get what he's talking about, and it's embarrassing to run that commercial because oh my yes. gosh, you yeah. know. But the thing is, when you're hyper hyper targeting yeah. a, a a target audience, right? Sometimes your work product is going to be awful. Yep. But it appeals to exactly who you want to reach. Yep. You know, and it just kind of depends on if you want to be proud me, of your work or not. It reminds me of that time I, uh, I, I hosted or guest hosted a, uh, a music show as a part-time radio guy long, long mm -hmm. time ago. I, I hosted this music show in a format I really was not familiar with, but I filled in for the host and a guy who had done it before me came in to help and and he's helping me pick songs because I got no idea. There's not a playlist. There's yeah. nothing, you know, there's no, I, it's just ooh, throw something at the wall and whatever sticks works. Right. And he's picking stuff out and he's handing me, he's handing me songs and he says, this one is absolutely awful. They'll love it. 
and mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and he was right he was absolutely right mm-hmm. because when i got when the guy got back from vacation he said man i had a lot of people call me when i got back said you did a great job wow <laughs> oh all right, so it's time for me to, when Braylon gets back from vacation, to grab the iPhone and hit the woods and just start making stuff up. All right. LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Max Show. Great to have you with us today. And I'm going to jump right into it. Oh. A prison escapee posts yeah. an ad on a dating site. Mark, this has got to be a stupid criminal. It is. No! A man in Hungary escaped from prison, where he must have been really lonely. One of the first things he did after breaking out was to post an ad with his name and picture on an online dating site. <laughs> it didn't exactly make the love connection he was hoping for. The cops wow. recognized him, set up a date at a local pastry yep. shop, and they they arrested him. Unbelievable. <laughs> you, you, Mark, you know, when... You, when somebody is that dumb, I mean, for real, the, how do they even get through life? You know what? I don't get it. I, it boggles my mind. You know what we yeah. hear and see in their real stories. You know, the one that gets me and, and it happens. Uh, I don't know how often, but I know it happens enough that I've seen news coverage of it. Yeah. Um, where the police have a lot of outstanding warrants or, you know, uh, for drug dealing or whatever. And they will the police will send out letters to these individuals about getting a free microwave or a free car or whatever you know <laughs> yes, yes. and all you got to do is show up because you've been selected and they look legitimate right and they just send it to all the people they need to show up you know that have a drug warrant and the people come in and uh, it looks like a real seminar and uh, then they announce oh by the way each one of you is now under arrest uh stay where you are and you know it's just Holy free holies. I mean, how do you, how do you not understand this? It's just, <laughs> well, that's why we call them stupid criminals. Life radio.fm. The Mark and Mag show as we head into a, a, a portional work week, you know, because we had Monday off, right. but I, you yeah. know, you and I were talking about how holidays back in the day were not, um, they weren't treated the same way as they are today. It mm-hmm. seems like, you know, we have a whole lot more and I don't think it's a bad thing. It's just, I remember going to school on Columbus day and learning about Columbus, you know, yeah. and like veterans day in, uh, in November, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks we'll have that. And I remember back in the day where it was not a holiday, you know, it was a holiday, but you didn't get off work at a nor- at a regular place. I think federal workers got off. Yes. And I, I remember working in a place we had a radio station where, uh, the sales manager was a veteran and, uh, the general manager was, uh, a huge, uh, supporter of the military. And so he made it a big deal, you know, to make sure that Larry was off that day, you know? And anyway, I, I remember that and it was so heartfelt, you know, that he, you deserve this. This is the day. Yeah. And he, and he actually sat everybody down at work and said, this is why Larry's not here. This is what he did. Mm. You know? And he's like, when he broke it down that way, I was like, wow, yeah. you know, this needs to be taught, you know? Yeah, yeah. And now it looks like, you know, veterans day is more of a holiday than it was 20 years ago. Kind mm, of thing. Yeah. In terms of people being off work, but right. anyway, yeah. all right, Mark authorities at LaGuardia airport in New yeah. York got yeah. a little busy. Yeah, they did. They detained a man, which I guess is not unusual today. We get these kind of stories <laughs> a lot. New York. You know what I mean? You know, uh, they detained a man, uh, a man with a vintage camera after a fellow passenger reported that the camera was suspicious. <laughs> and, yeah, the incident took place over the weekend on Saturday, Saturday afternoon at LaGuardia Airport after American Airlines Flight 4817 from Indianapolis, Indiana, made an emergency landing when a passenger reported a suspicious item on the plane. An unnamed female passenger who was traveling with her husband and children spotted a man across the aisle who she believed to be browsing through bomb-making instructions on the Internet. The female passenger believed her suspicions were confirmed when he, when the unnamed male passenger pulled out what she believed to be an explosive device and began fiddling with it. It turned out that the male passenger was browsing the web for information on vintage cameras, and the bomb turned out to be an antique camera of his own. 
airline chatter was uh, captured on liveatc.net, according to a report from the New York Times, in which one of the pilots can be heard saying, we have a situation where a person, a suspicious person, has an item that looks like an explosive device. We're planning to turn off the runway, and then we will plan to evacuate, he adds. The pilot later says that the flight crew aren't sure what the person has, but notes that everyone else is scared on the aircraft. Pilots made the emergency landing at the Queens Airport, where the authorities (laughs) took the male passenger into custody, where they searched and questioned him over the woman's accusations. Video footage of the incident showed the emergency responders surrounding the male passenger as he was detained on the tarmac, literally on the tarmac, laying down, (laughs) face down on the tarmac, by the way. Yes. Uh, Authorities also confiscated and searched the male uh, traveler's bags inside. Police found vintage cameras and a skateboard. (laughs) Fawad Kuja, a passenger on the plane, told the Times that the uh, pandemonium broke out during the, the flight, saying people were panicking and getting shoved to the ground. The slide opened and I jumped out. People were sliding and rolling down to the floor. It was crazy. The male passenger was not charged in the incident. Thomas Tapusis, a spokesperson for the Port Authority Police Department, told the outlet that the department determined there was no criminality after it was determined that the male passenger did not make a verbal threat and was not carrying any suspicious items with him. Wow. So he's got (laughs) antique cameras in his bag. He's looking up stuff about antique cameras, and some clueless person across the aisle thinks he's a bomber. Wow. Yikes. You know they hide that stuff in their underwear. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show, taking flight today. <laughs> kind of in honor of Bill Shatner, you know? <laughs> William Shatner going up today. Oh, that's um, today. Actually, Yeah, actually, um, they've had to delay the uh, takeoff due to weather. Oh, wow. And it looks like, well, I mean, it's going to be this morning, but um, right now looks like uh, nine, you know, and it'll be in just a few minutes. If, if it holds out, we'll wait and see. But wow, <laughs> go ahead. Hit it. The final frontier. <laughs> These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Well, not really. Yeah. It's five year mission. <laughs> to explore strange new worlds. It's three and a half. To seek out new yeah. life and new civilizations. <laughs> Unless you get canceled. To boldly <laughs> go where no man has gone before. <laughs> oh, no. We have to change that. You can't have man. <laughs> Even though most of us understand man is yeah. general for humankind. But oh, no, we have to change my. it because it said man. It's hey, but anyway, easy. so Bill Shatner. Yeah. He now, at 90 years old, is the oldest person to go into space. Wow. It's going to be a very short flight. About mm. uh, 10 to 12 minutes, something like that. But yeah. Uh, originally, it was scheduled for 8.30 Central Time. Now, it's going to be closer to 9 uh, Central and probably going to get bumped back. They've got some weather yeah. issues. But, you know, with uh, the blue uh, origin, it actually takes out of West Texas and will have a soft landing, mm. you know, on on uh, on land, not in the ocean, as yeah. we used to do yeah. with uh, the Apollo Well, Mercury, Gemini, or Gemini, was it? Uh, Mercury, right. Gemini, Apollo. Right. Uh, the early NASA And, uh, flights, you know, yeah. where they would they would land in the ocean. Right. But uh, really, I thought kind of interesting because when you go back and look at our history of uh, space, the Gemini program uh, that Al Shepard rode the rocket, you mm-hmm. know, and it was a, what they deemed a suborbital flight, which right. is uh, just cannonball straight up, straight down. Yeah. And, um, you know, lasted, I think, 12 minutes roughly. Right. And that's what this is. You know, when uh, Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, you know, and, uh, uh, he actually, you know, went on the flight last month and, uh, you know, it was big, big news, yeah. uh, because this is the, this is what they've been talking about getting to is being able to take up private citizens, you know, into space. Right. And so Bill Shatner at 90 years old. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're talking what, uh, Star Trek was 50 years ago, right? Oh man, um, it has been a while. More than that. In the uh, 60s, and yeah. Yeah. So you're talking about what? 67, I think is mm-hmm. when that was in and think about it. Now here he is going up in space today at the age of 90. Wow. And uh yeah, it uh, very similar to the uh the the first you know American in space. It's very similar to the first Mercury flight, yeah. Yep, it's not a uh it's not a, an orbital flight, it's suborbital. Yeah. But anyway, you look at it, it's still exciting. And yeah. uh, I think it's neat that that Bill Shatner, you know, gets to do that. I I just do. I mean, yeah. I don't know that it's something I'd want to do. Uh <laughs> but 
I think let's, it's let's just really the, cool. You you don't like roller coasters though, do you? No, not really. Uh, you're out. Yeah, <laughs> it's not gonna. Happen I don't like for you. heights no. and roller coasters, and no. you know. No. But dude, I I didn't freak out on that Mars thing we did at Disney in Orlando. I didn't freak out, but there yeah. was a moment where it felt so real. Oh, I know they do. They do this, manage to push you across the line. Yeah, they do. But it was yeah. like there was a brief moment where I thought. I've got this very thin piece of metal separating <laughs> me from space. And, you know, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, but anyway, I think it's exciting. I'm glad I'm, you know, I'm hoping that he survives at 90. Huh. I mean, yeah. but think about it. Okay. You got Bill strapped in. He's 90 years old. Now, if, if Bill didn't wake up this morning, okay, <laughs> he, he died in his sleep. It was natural causes, right? Right, yeah. So if he falls asleep, they're getting ready to launch, okay? Yeah. And they, 10, 9, <laughs> 8. <laughs> somebody fix his cpap six you know and <laughs> it's like all of a sudden it gets really quiet and it's like bill three bill two bill one lift off he's dead <laughs> so is he still technically the oldest man in space <laughs> no I mean, he's no he's the first funeral in space okay first dead man to be lifted off <laughs> that we're aware of there you go oh man so. <laughs> anyhow it's interesting and we'll see how it all goes but yeah. i'm excited for it it's a yeah. something i've often wondered about you know over the years i was just I, and i'm not knocking this at oh, all no, okay no, no. we joke but it's about just it, but really it, yeah. suborbital come on guys you, you you know even when the russians you know got gagarin up you know as the first man in space i mean right. he orbited the earth and yeah. like we can't we at least copy that? I mean, 10 minutes, it's like you train for however yeah. long. I mean, All the guys in the American space program knew that they were getting ready to do a suborbital. And then yeah. this guy goes up and orbits, what, three times? He orbits yeah. here three times. And they're all just like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, in the movie, The Right Stuff, they pointed yeah. out that, uh, you know, that, that they did all the Russian stuff in secret, you know. Yes. And whereas you had, you know, when, when Al Shepard was sitting there, you know, um, light the candle, mm-hmm. you know, that the world was watching, be, yes. you know, so if it blows up, it's, it's a death yeah. on international television. Right. And we just, have, anyway. we have no idea how many people died in that Russian program. Right. No, no, idea. We have no, idea. no, we only know what we, our spies picked up, you know, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so later today we'll learn whether or not Bill Shatner actually did <laughs> survive, <laughs> survive. Yeah. if he, but now when he sings rocket man, it will have a whole new meaning. <laughs> radio.fm the mark and mac show and we're both a little hung up on bill shatner going into space just gonna be honest with you yeah we are we'll have a total breakdown of it tomorrow but uh, or or a total breakdown yeah. Too, yeah. <laughs> mr tambourine man <laughs> you know it's funny because back in the 60s and early 70s yeah. if you were a tv star they gave you a chance to record an album mm-hmm. and I wish Bill hadn't, you know, it's just, yeah, Shatner, but, Shatner and Nimoy both did. And we've had a lot of mileage out of both of them. Shatner did, or uh, Nimoy did the Bilbo Baggins yeah. thing, you know, yes, and uh, that was funny. <laughs> All right. Meanwhile, Mark, in, back on earth. Yes. That time the Pakistanis accidentally brought down YouTube around the world. Yeah. Well, we know that Facebook went down for hours last week. We had some fun with that ourselves here. Well, yeah, they were installing the new spyware. (laughs) The new spyware, yeah. The mystery of what happened sent a lot of people reading up for the first time on just how the web works. And many of these people were then overwhelmed by descriptions of IP routes and DNS servers. And then they immediately turned their computers off and went outside, which was probably best for everybody. But if you're at all interested in the internet, you might like to know about a previous time a major site went down for two days without the wider web taking any damage. That was in 2008, and it was because Pakistan wanted to delete a YouTube video. One video. The video insulted Islam, claimed Pakistani authorities. We don't have access to that video now, of course, but allegedly it it featured the 2005 Danish cartoons of the Prophet Muhammad, over which protesters rioted and killed dozens of people. Pakistan didn't have the means to take down that video specifically, and they refused to wait on YouTube to do it themselves. So they figured the best course of action was to block YouTube throughout their country. 
Normally, when you type a site name, like YouTube.com, your network provider translates that into the site's numerical address. They all have numerical addresses. For example, like 208.65.1.153.238. It's a bunch of numbers with dots. So your browser knows what page to open. To block YouTube, Pakistan's telecom authority made it so anybody in the country who typed that name got the wrong address. (laughs) 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 Then the signal they sent out, which said they had authority um, uh, over how people access YouTube addresses, it went rogue. It reached Hong Kong, which accepted this false broadcast as true, and it spread outward from there within minutes the whole world was letting Pakistan display their dummy page instead of showing YouTube. This exact failure probably isn't going to happen ever again, but as Facebook shows, websites can still break down. <laughs> so that fake address got shared. It spread just like, uh, uh, whenever you do a web, you know, whenever I do a website update, mm-hmm. uh, I may, I may be sitting here looking at it and I'll, I'll send you a note and say, Hey, I just updated the website. Can I take a look at it? Yeah. And you'll say, it doesn't look any different to me. But because it, it may take a few minutes for it to to propagate, so you see it. But that same thing is what happened here. They they made a change to their systems, and the next thing you know, everybody else picked their their address up instead of the official address, and nobody wow. could find YouTube. Wow, that's just that's just crazy in a bad way. Yeah, it is. Kind of kind of makes you wish we could do it now. liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and every time we talk about the marty mcfly hoverboard yeah. from back to the future two and three um there are emails that follow up and and try to convince me that you know i'm not wrong i mean i'm that that there's no such thing as a hoverboard and right yeah you know the in the in the sense that the movies you know do you have those things called a hoverboard but they they're not hovering they're just you know death traps <laughs> for people over 25 you know <laughs> I'm not kidding. Why? You know, Mark, why is it that middle-aged chubby people decide it's a good idea to try out the hoverboard you bought for your 10-year-old right there in the living room by the Christmas tree on Christmas morning? You're either going to break it or it's going to break you. It's going to break you. There you go. It's like... Here we go. I'm standing. I'm standing. Oh, no. I, it's like we make kids wear helmet and shoulder pad. They're the ones that probably don't need them. You know, it's the <laughs> chubby middle-aged people that need them. But anyway, I'm not going to go into the thing about how the hoverboards are real and they're yeah. kept in a, you know, sealed up in a factory. Okay. I mean, in a uh, storage room uh, outside of uh, uh, Area 51 or, you know, okay. Wright-Patterson Airfield or anything like that. But, I mean, I'm not going to get into the truth of the true hoverboard but, story. But what if you could actually own marty mcfly's actual hoverboard from the movie that's gonna i could buy it with the movie prop money maybe yeah you know (laughs) (laughs) well a michael j fox autographed marty mcfly lenticular mattel hoverboard from robert zemeckis's sci-fi sequel back to the future 2 is up for auction uh on november 9th a tuesday marty mcfly used his hoverboard throughout the movie, most memorably when Griff and his gang chased Marty around the town square on their own hoverboards. It also featured prominently in Back to the Future Part 3. This board is constructed from lightweight styrofoam designed to be easily carried by Michael J. Fox during the filming. It's, How weak it, was he? You know, yeah, Megan, I know. Couldn't it's, carry a real hoverboard, had to cover it. Can you see that on. little can you see that little meeting with his representation, his people saying, Hey, can you make this thing any lighter? Because he's really having some problems with yeah. it. It's the extremely rare lenticular version, which features holographic 3D graphics on both sides. The hologram mm-hmm. process proved so expensive though, given the number of boards they had to have for filming. It was replaced by a high resolution printed version as the production progressed wooden hoverboards were also created for more practical uses where the actor was required to actually stand on it for flying sequence sequences the board is complete with its green foot pad and pink foot strap and both silver hover pads on the underside these two are also lightweight vac formed versions Uh, The hand-applied Mattel logo stickers and yellow hoverboard logo stickers remain in good condition. It's been discreetly autographed on those hover pads by Fox and Wilson. And Wilson also included, uh, he he inscribed Biff Tannen to to remind you who he was. Oh, yeah. Well, (laughs) (laughs) the board remains in very good production use conditions. Um, It's eight inches by 28 and a half by three inches. uh, They removed the flying stuff, though, didn't they? Did they now? 
No, I'm saying no, I'm asking. The, I, these are the real, real hoverboards used in production. Yeah, they they removed them. I know they did. Really? They're not going to really. Yeah, because, uh-huh. well, you know what that would cause, Mark. I mean, if they actually left the actual flying stuff on there, the, we'd go the, back down that hole of the moms complaining and yeah, it's dangerous no. for kids. Well, they also, they left that real hub, that hover stuff on there. Mattel could make millions and millions of dollars off of them. So they've already made, they already really? made millions. Really? Yeah, they've already made millions. They don't need more. I mean, oh, it, I see. So we're a socialist a now, are we? No, what now, it is. No, I'm talking money? about from. From their standpoint, they don't want the lawsuits from the people who die uh, going too high. I mean, I how high can you go without it being? And, mm. You know, they don't. Those hoverboards don't go over water unless you got the power on them, like he had with that pit bull. You know, <laughs> Biff what? had the pit bull. Oh, but you know, really? actually, yeah. I mean, go back and look. You'll see what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. And if you actually watch that in Back to the Future Two, when they are chasing Marty, you know, and he jumps down in the water and they go over him. Uh, batter up, you know, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you actually watch closely, you'll see one of the one of Biff's gang, a female, on the left hand side of the screen. She actually hit the uh, pylon, the thing going into the library or whatever it was, <laughs> yes, and got actually really hurt in the move. I mean, she was wow. actually. I'm not kidding. That's not a joke. Okay. I'm, so she she slammed into one of the columns yeah. on the on the th- yes. Wow. And and was really hurt. And again. That's why, uh, you know, they know these hoverboards are not safe to use. If mm. you can't even use it on a set, you know, without uh, a stunt person getting hurt, you know, uh, I mean, I, I got you. I got the very real thing. I think I understand yeah. how this works. Jerry, just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and uh hey we do ask that you share this with with a friend a neighbor facebook so whatever social media you use just post hey listening to the mark and mac show on liferadio.fm that yep. would be cool and it helps us so there you go mm-hmm. meanwhile back at the ranch customs <laughs> dispute jeopardizes u.s u.s fish <laughs> stick yes <laughs> yes I got customs dispute at the U.S. Canada border is threatening our supply of a key fish used for popular products such as fish sticks and the filet of fish sandwich. Oh, no. Yes. Fish sticks. If we can't have fish sticks, what will the kids eat at school on Thursdays? <laughs> the Alaska Pollock has a complicated supply chain. After being caught as part of the largest commercial fishery in the United States, the fish are transported by ship to New Brunswick, Canada, uh, near the border with Maine. They're then loaded on rail cars for a brief trip down a uh, hundred feet of track in Canada <laughs> before they're put on trucks, and then they cross the border into the United States. Well, the U.S. Customs and Border Protection has alleged that shippers are violating the Jones Act, which requires that goods shipped between U.S. ports be transported on U.S.-owned ships. The agency has assessed more than $350 million in penalties to the shippers' records state. Two of the shipping uh, companies have sued in federal court to stop the enforcement, which they characterized as heavy-handed, unexpected, and unfair. And all of that's probably true. The uh, dispute <laughs> left 26 million pounds of fish in cold storage in Canada until a federal court issued an injunction on Sunday to let the seafood be shipped into the United States. Members of the industry said they're concerned about permanent disruption to the seafood supply chain if the disagreement continues, which means your fish stick <laughs> supply and your filet of fish sandwiches are in jeopardy. You know, Mark, what Dave, all the thing with all the things happening in the world today, (laughs) where does this rank in importance? You know, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm just thinking, you know, those, those stories we have about, uh, uh, customers at Mackey D's and other places being angry and pitching a fit in the place because they can't get what they want. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're going to have more of those stories now. It's not our fault. It's Canada. liferadio.fm the mark and mag show cruising along because we can it's uh already halfway through the week right i'm, yeah. I'm confused on days just yeah, you know at, at this point yeah since we weren't here monday yeah uh okay so this is the halfway we are just hitting the halfway point in our <laughs> week yes such a tough thing for us you know <laughs> <All> right, <hell laughs> yeah. 
Mark, before we wrap up the day, we need uh, at least one more Guinness Book of World Records story because we had one earlier. Right, yeah. And But I, I'm, I'm just feeling like we need more. Well, okay. A Canadian Coca-Cola fan earned a spot in the Guinness Book of World Records by collecting 11,308 different cans issued by the Coca-Cola company. Gary wow. Gary Fang, he was Fang, that's F-E-N-G, oh, okay. was, sorry, he just came out Fang, I don't know why. He, he was named the Guinness World Record holder for the largest collection of soft drink cans of the same brand when his collection was dallied and verified to be more extensive than the previous record holder, Italian man David Andriani whose collection includes 10,558 different Coke cans. Fang's wow. collection includes a 1955 can that was one of the first to be produced by the company, as well as a commemorative uh, as commemorative cans from multiple decades of Olympic Games, including an ultra-rare can designed for the 2016 Chicago Olympics, which never took place due to Rio de Janeiro winning the bid to host. The collection also features cans that were specially designed for drinking in zero gravity for the 1985 Challenger Space Shuttle mission and a 1991 expedition to the Russian space station Mir. He says the Russian version is actually more rare. I believe many, many can collectors are dreaming of having this piece in their collection. Mr. (laughs) Fink says he uh, still doesn't possess his dream Coke can. It doesn't exist yet. He said, I'd love to have a can with my picture on it. It would be <laughs> great in my collection. Well, wow. dude, give me five minutes. We'll come up with one for you. You know, <laughs> somebody hand me a Sharpie. Uh, yeah. It's like, need an autograph? Michael J. Fox hoverboard. There you go. Okay. <laughs> really, guy, I did not know. I mean, there were this many can. And I'm not knocking anyone for the, ha- the, the thing they do for oh, fun. Yeah, you know, yeah. because, yeah, I mean, hobbies are an interesting thing and they... I'm, I just had no idea. And now that I do know, I'm, I am just really not even considering collecting cans. I'm, you know, I'm not even close. Couldn't, you know why Mark, because there's no way I could even fathom having more than five, you know, different, you know, you know, at I, number six, I'm going to the dump. There I, you go. I'm thinking Gary thing is not married because, because can you imagine he that or his mom is telling him where to put them, you know, <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Kill this. Mark and Mac are back. The Mark and Mac Show. Weekday mornings on LifeRadio.fm.